Hello, everybody. Welcome as we continue on in our study of the Old Testament. We're in Exodus chapter 15. We're uh, about a year and a half now through the Old Testament. We did five years and got the New Testament done, and now we're plugging along in the Old Testament, which actually, I think, takes 15 years. So um, we're a year and a half in. But, uh, but if you look at the bigger picture, I said 20 years to do the whole thing, and we're coming up on uh, like a third. So, hey, we've, we've done well. Um, seven years. I was in my 40s when we started. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but we're doing, uh, we're doing good. I was thinking of that, too. I, there was an announcement I wanted to make. So, so if you're interested, I, I don't usually announce things that are way down the road because people forget about it, but this one I need to. The Vineyard 5K is coming up again October 30th, uh, and um, it's our fourth annual 5K, and we do it on a Sunday morning, and we do it at the 8 o'clock service. It's kind of fun. Um, and so everybody will take off from the back. It's all timed, and you get the numbers, and it's very, you know, the Runners Club come and does it. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then... And, and it's 5K, so it's 3.1 miles, and so I've run it. And then I, I try and get back in time to preach. Um, and uh, so the first year it was no problem because I was running all the time. The second year I had injured myself, I didn't do it. And then last year I, I ran it, but I didn't train. And that was a really big mistake. Don't, so I'm encouraging you not to do that, which is why I'm bringing this up right now. Because, so I, I ran it just because I'm stubborn, <laughs> and I, I got back here like, <laughs> 30, it took me like 36 minutes, and I, I, I couldn't catch my breath, I was really hard to preach, because I try and come back and preach, and I, <laughs> so I say all that to say this, I've already started, I just started training a couple of weeks ago, running again, and if you're going to do the 5K and you're going to run, you've got eight weeks, you should probably start doing something, so uh, I'm running a mile a day right now, I did that last week, I'll do it this week, and then I'll build it up, so that when three miles comes, it won't be a big deal, I'll have but I didn't do that last time, so I'm learning as I get older. So anyway, if you're going to do the 5K, train. And it's a walk or run. You can do either, but, uh, but still, even if you're going to walk three and you haven't been walking, you should start walking because it'll sneak up on you, okay? So that's coming up. We're very excited about that. All right, so we're working through the Bible together, and we've, uh, we're working now through the book of Exodus and uh, Exodus... Well, I always say this when they're in the middle of a book, neat book, lots of stuff that happens, things that are very significant to us, um, you know, and what we're going through now, and things that um, are taught in the New Testament, you know, begin to make sense when we understand some of these ideas that are happening in the Old Testament, uh, and in particular, the, the build-up to the Passover, which was kind of in the beginning of Exodus, how that happened, uh, and then the parting of the Red Sea, which we just read about, uh, and now the next, uh, as we continue on in, in uh, Exodus, we're going to be looking at the, uh, the giving of the law and the tabernacle and how those things, you know, are what they're pictures of and how they apply to us uh, um, in, in, you know, in the New Testament and all those things sort of apply and what they look like. And, uh, you know, Exodus, remember, you know, just we, we, as we studied through Genesis, we got all the background and we, we saw that Israel, you know, Jacob had gone to Egypt at the end of Genesis. That's where God took them so that they could be safe in the time of famine. They went in as 70 people. They just, uh, as we read the last chapter, they just got finally let go, um, and they came out at probably two, uh, two and a half million people. 
So significant change over 430 years. They went in as a family. They came out as a nation. Um, and there's a lot of things that are happening in the process. And then we saw uh, all the plagues as God demonstrated to Egypt and to Pharaoh who he was and also to the people of Israel who he really was so that they could see um, that he was who he said he was and that he was real and, and that the false gods of the Egyptians had no power um, because some of the... Um, the uh, Israel, uh, the people of Israel, had begun to worship false gods in this sort of stretch. Because uh, we'll see when we read later on that um, they they took some of these little false gods with them, and they need to be purged out of the camp. So God is demonstrating who He is, uh, and and so there's a there's a lot that's taking place. Also, remember when you read through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, all five of these books are written by Moses. And so as he's um, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit writing these things, uh, he, he will add pieces of information to the text that we might not have initially as we read it. So he'll, he might give us some more information on things that are happening right now in Exodus in Numbers or in Leviticus or in Deuteronomy. Some of those things will work their way back in um, because he's, he's writing this whole sort of narrative and don't get stuck, uh, stuck in a chronology of things because there's things that are sort of happening around and, and it's Moses who writes these first five books. Also remember, you know, he writes them um, at sort of the end of a lot of these things happening. He begins to record them uh, and so we have them now. Um, so every once in a while you'll see pieces of information come in from, you know, Leviticus or Numbers or Deuteronomy and you're like, where'd that come from? Well, the same writer, he's just... Parts of the story get broken down in some of the other books that he wrote. So just so you know that's coming. All right, so we're in Exodus. And um, when we left uh, the last time we were together, the, uh, the Pharaoh's army had just been decimated when the sea collapsed back on them and he, they, were, they were wiped out in the process. And um, what happens now in Exodus 15 is that the people of Israel burst into song to praise the Lord. And it's uh, the first recorded song that we have, and, and perhaps one of the earliest songs um, that was written, you know, kind of ever, uh, is here for us in Exodus 15. Uh, it's a hymn of praise. It has four stanzas. This song, um, um, it, God's victory is announced in the first stanza, which is about the first five verses. His weapons are described in the second stanza, which is verses 6 through 10. Um, his character is extolled in uh, 11 through 16, and his promises are fulfilled um, at, at the last few verses of the song. And uh, it's, a, it's an amazing sort of song, um, the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. Long time ago, I'm looking at Pastor Barry, who's been our worship leader here for 30 years. Um, remember the song we used to do? I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. Ah, ah. Okay, so... The Lord, my God, my strength, my song has now become my victory. Pretty good, right? Yeah. I used to go like this. You ever do the horse noises? Doesn't it sound like a horse? That was, that's not in my notes. And now you're wondering how to do that. Go practice at home. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, so... Um, the, the Lord's mentioned ten times in this song. 
uh, as Israel sings to him, uh, you know, uh, sing, they sing to the Lord, about the Lord, which is, you know, really a, a good picture of what worship looks like. Um, and, and, you know, it's a, it's a witness to who God is and what he has done. And that's what they're singing about and what worship, you know, looks like. Um, his victory was his glorious victory because uh, it, it was totally the Lord um, who did it. The, the Egyptian army thrown into the sea. Uh, the soldiers sank like stones, the song says. Um, consumed, uh, consumed like burning stubble. And, and um, you know, as I said, you know, as, as Pharaoh had ordered the killing of the um, Hebrew children, the Hebrew boy babies, and he had ordered them to be drowned, um, it, it's kind of a picture of God turning the tables on all of that as the army is, is uh, basically drowned as the Red Sea collapsed back on them. Um, this is one of three occasions recorded in Scripture when um, the people of God sing a song, the Lord is my strength and song, and He has become my salvation. Here in Exodus 15, um, it happens again. Um, so as they're delivered from um, Egypt, it happens when the, the, uh, the, the foundation is laid for the second temple. In Psalm 118, there's a song like this. And, um, and when they return uh, to their land to enjoy the blessing of the kingdom, it says in Isaiah 12, um, this song is sung again. And, and each, it's about the Lord gives strength, the Lord gives salvation, and in effect, the Lord gives song, and the people give it back to Him. Um, uh, as you, when I read the Scripture, you'll see, you know, the weapons of the Lord are described and, and uh, how, you know, His majesty throws His opponents down, uh, His anger consumes them like fiery stubble, um, breath from His nostrils is the wind that blew back the waters, uh, and on and on, so you'll read that. And, uh, you know, the Egyptian army was arrogant, and in effect, God just breathes on the waters and they're destroyed. So, I mean, that's the power of God in the song. Um, his character is extolled, you know, in the, in the next stanza, um, in the, and the people sing, you know, who's like you, God? Um, could, nobody's like him. And, and uh, it's, a, you know, they're remembering how he had just moved in the ten plagues and now in the, the parting of the sea and the collapsing of the sea on the Egyptian army. Um, and so it praises God for his power um, in the process. And, uh, the, you know, now they're setting up, because what you're going to see happening is this news of what happens goes out before them into the nations where they're about to end and go. And the people have heard it, and all the people in these surrounding nations are afraid of the people of God because they have heard how God has gone before him, and they don't, they're not happy about what's coming their way. And, and so... Um, they got the idea of who God was, and you're going to see all sorts of things happening because of that uh, in the process as we read the, uh, the books ahead. And um, we also see that, you know, God's promise is fulfilled uh, as, uh, as it looks forward to the people of Israel taking the land that had been promised to them back um, in Genesis. And so that's what we're up to, and let me read the verses, and we'll talk about it a little bit on the other side. 27 verses in Exodus 15. I'm reading out of the NIV. Follow along whatever translation you have. They're probably the notes that we gave you as well, and if it works, they'll show up on the screen, but you just never know. Verse 1. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for He is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled 
into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. And I will praise Him, my Father's God. And I will exalt Him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is His name. Pharaoh's chariots and His army He has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stirred firm, stood firm like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy boasted, I will pursue, I will overtake them, I will divide the spoils. I will gorge myself on them. I will draw my sword. And my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath, and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? You stretched out your right hand, and the earth swallowed them. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will grip the people of Philistia. The chiefs of Edom will be terrified. The leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. Terror and dread will fall upon them. By the power of your arm, they will be as still as a stone until your people pass by, O Lord, until the people you bought pass by. You will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance. The place, O Lord, you made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, your hands established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. When Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then Miriam, the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women followed her with tambourines and dancing. Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord. He's highly exalted, the horse and his rider he's hurled into the sea. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made a decree and a law for them, and there He tested them. He said, If you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, do what is right in His eyes. If you pay attention to His commands and keep all His decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs and seventy palm trees, and they camped there near the water. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So, neat stuff happening there. Um, and again, let's just go through it. So, uh, you know, beginning there, first verse, um, it's, it's the, just try and think about, the, this is the reaction of the people at what had just taken place. They had just seen God move in ways no one had ever seen God move before. And they had crossed the sea on the dry land, um, you know, when they had been backed up to the water. They thought they were done. There was no way out. Uh, and um, they just, they'd been watching, you know, the God, the pillar 
uh, of fire and, the, and, the, and, and you know, the, the cloud by day and fire by night. And he's with them and he's moved around. He's protected them. He's blinded for a while the, the people following them. He's opened the sea. They've crossed over. The sea has, um, you know, they bogged down in the sea and the sea collapsed around them. They see this. And, and so suddenly, you know, there's this been this intense period of time. You think about the buildup, the, the plagues happening and them wondering what's going on and, and then the whole Passover situation and the death of the firstborn and them, you know, think about the firstborn sons of Israel. Can you imagine um, sitting in their house that night? They don't know what's going on and they've, they've made all the preparations and the blood over the lamb. But I can imagine some of the, some of the firstborn sons kind of going like, Dad, is this going to work? <laughs> think about it. And, and just the tension in the, on the, everybody and the families and, and then, you know, they get, they get set free and they're, they're marching, they're two and a half million people and nothing like it. You know, they're, they're out there marching and all of a sudden here comes Pharaoh and the chariots and the horses bearing down on them. They're stuck up against the sea and they're, they're like, we're doomed. And all of a sudden the sea parts and they walk through on dry land and then here come the soldiers and boom, it crashes down on them and they're dumb and done. And, and, and I just think there's, there's, there's silence for a moment and they look and they I can't imagine you know just what would it have been like what were they thinking and what happens is they burst into song in praise and it's a it's an amazing thing it just just springs out of them this song and it's picked up by by all the people throughout this song and then you see Miriam in a little while she's going to pick it up again you know with the with the women and they're all going to be and just and just caught up in this time of worship with God and and what an amazing thing you know this triumph everything that's been, been happened and just sort of hits this point and here you see this just amazing outpouring from God's people to God in what he's done and uh, you know they, I, I will sing unto the Lord for he's triumphed glorious I'm not going to do it again um, but it's a you know just it's, it's a demonstration of the power of God in ways they'd never seen and they were they were overjoyed um, as you can imagine with the whole process of being, you know, not the least of being set free from 400 plus years of slavery. They were out and they were together and it was a brand new start and they were, they were overjoyed. It wouldn't last very long, but, but uh, they're going to complain in three days. <laughs> How long did it last, you say? Three days. <laughs> but, and, and I, you know, but we're just like that. Um, so and they know it. They, had, they absolutely know it had nothing. To, you know that God did it all. He'd done every everything. Everything that had happened at that point was because of the Lord and His power and um, the the miracle working power of God and and His His promises and how He keeps His promises. He's a covenant keeping God. All of that was right there for them. And um, He had demonstrated His power over the false gods of Egypt and and you know their their idol worship. And, and throughout um, the history of, of uh, the people of Israel, they will look back on this as the, the significant moment in history, uh, at, at the thing that God did for them that separated them from everybody else uh, and, and demonstrated who He was um, to the world around Him. And, and in fact, this, it's, a for, it's a picture, if you would, of a, a type of the salvation that, that we experience um, in, the, in the redemption of, of, you know, sort of New Testament believers by the atoning blood of, of Christ at Calvary. It's a, it's a very similar picture of what happened to them being set free and what sort of happens to us uh, in the process. Um, and so, you know, as, just as they were released from slavery, 
we're released from the slavery of the enemy. Um, it's a holier work of God, not of us. Uh, done by the blood of Jesus, the Passover lamb. All these things begin to sort of connect for us as to what happened and why. Uh, and then verses 6 through 10, you know, the power of God is irresistible. And, and um, he dealt with his enemies. And even though they were, you know, they were gloating about what they were going to do, I will overtake, I'll divide the spoil, uh, all these things. You know, my hand will destroy them. But um, God completely and utterly overwhelms them um, because he is, in, in fact, the God of the universe. Uh, he's the ruler over all creation. It goes on to say in this song, 11 through 13, glorious in his holiness, unlimited in his mercy and love towards the children of Abraham. And, um, and then the song, they begin to look forward to entrance into the promised land, that uh, the very land that had been promised to Abraham way back in Genesis 15. So, you know, hundreds of years previously um, promised to them, and now it's starting to come to be in their presence. And, um, uh, and, and as I said, you know, verses 14 through 18, they begin to talk about how the, this, the news of what had happened would spread into this area, and all of the nations where they were, they were going to be coming would be afraid of the people of Israel, which would give them a great advantage in the things that are coming up. Now, there's a whole people not really yet trained for battle or equipped for battle, but uh, are, are going to be engaging soon. But, but God will fight their battles for them, and uh, it's really a neat deal. And part of it is they're way ahead of the enemy because psychologically they're already beat. And uh, it's fascinating how that will come up as we read in the Old Testament. And, and, you know, it said in verse 14, the inhabitants of Canaan will melt away. Fear and dread will fall upon them. So, so know that you're going to see that happen as we continue to read. Uh, Verse 19 again talks about, you know, how the people walked through safely through the Red Sea, but, but not Pharaoh's army. And uh, um, it was part of that whole process. And then, um, and then we see, you know, like I said, uh, Miriam. Um, a- they call her Aaron's sister, but Moses and Aaron are brothers, so it's, it's Moses' sister too. Uh, his older sister, um, she's moved as a, as a prophetess to sing this song by the Spirit of God, leads the women in singing. Um, and basically they sing again the opening verse of the song is recorded I think they just go through the whole song and it just I, I would imagine it continues for a while um, they get stuck in a loop um, and then uh, then as we kind of move through verse 22 n- um, now things change so, so they're kind of moving on a little bit and this is a pretty big company of people uh, 2 million, 2.5 million people and they need water, and they're in a desert, and they, they, they go three days on this journey without a source of water, and they come to what looks like a nice body of water, but it's bitter, and they can't drink it, and so they begin to complain to Moses. They begin to grumble, and they do this anytime circumstances go right. Now, so I'm going to say this, and at the same time, I'm going to say we're just like this. Three days, 72 hours previously, they were jumping up and down and singing this song because of deliverance that God had given them after all this time. And they'd just seen I, how many miracles, I don't know. You know, you could count all the plagues as miracles and, the, and the, 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 all the, the, everybody giving them their jewels and 
gold and stuff from the people and just handing it over so they could go. And out they go with all these people after all that time. And, and the, the, they got the pillar and the, and the fire and they got the, you know, the cloud and they got um, the, the, the sea and the Pharaoh's army. And you think how many things happened that they just, they saw it, every, witnessed it. Yes, and they sing this song. It's this great celebration. And 72 hours later, they're a little thirsty and they go, wow, we're doomed. <laughs> we're done for. Got no water. Nothing. And uh, the water was too salty. So that's what they called it, Biddy. It was so, so they couldn't drink. You can't drink salt water. And so they, um, they, they go to this. They immediately sort of go back to. Now, now granted, they're learning this. And that's sort of okay. So we give them lots of great. And we do, we're very similar. But it, you, you think. That was a pretty big deal. You think that the parting of a sea would give you more than 72 hours. But maybe not. So apparently not. So all this stuff happened. And then they, they sort of, they go from the, the faithfulness of God to all of a sudden assuming He's going to leave them there in the desert. Like if He was going to leave you in the desert, He could have had that army swallow you up three days ago. Pretty easy. It would have been done with. But He didn't. He parted the sea, remember? So, um, so they're, they're, they're learning so he's teaching them that he's faithful, and that's okay. We learn it slowly over time too, just like they do. And, uh, and, and so, you know, he demonstrates his power. Again, think about it. This, the body of water, too salty to drink. He tells Moses, go pick up a stick, toss it in the water, and everybody can drink this water. Can you imagine? I mean, again, I get, so Moses does what he's told, whoop, throws a stick in the water, and boom. The powerful God of the universe changes salt water into drinkable fresh water and they're fine again and then um, they're going to continue on in their journey and, and uh, uh, he tells them listen here's, here's what I want you to do I, I want you to listen and obey live by doing the next right thing and if you will do those things you're going to be spared this mess that the Egyptians went through I think he's specifically talking about the ten plagues but you, you're going to be spared. If you live differently, you won't experience these things. If you, if you stay away from idol worship and false worship and, and um, the, the pride of the life and all those things, if you stay away from those things, you're going to experience a different kind of life um, that, that comes from doing the things that you should be doing that I tell you to do. And, um, and so he, you know, that is put out there. And then um, they, they, um, they move on to this... Uh, this place in Elam, which is a well-watered oasis. Elam means large trees. And uh, there's no less than a dozen wells there and 70 lofty palm trees. Which is, it's, that sounds nice, 70. Not a whole lot of palm trees for 2 million people. But, <laughs> but if you're in a desert that's got nothing, 70 trees probably looks pretty... 70 trees. They're not like they're going to be eating them or anything, and there's a little bit of shade there, but still... It's the picture that they're, they're out of the desert into something where they can be taken care of. And so that's kind of what happens in Exodus 15. And lots of stuff will be happening every week as we continue on. But that's where I'm going to stop today. If you're watching on a video, thank you for doing that. Come and visit us when you can. If you need prayer, go to the website. There's a prayer page. We will pray for you.